morning and welcome back. Hope that you've had a great holiday season. As we're finishing up our Christmas series, I hope that it'll bless your heart. Our passage of scripture this morning will be a lot of text, so you can find your place in the book of John, chapter 19, and the book of Luke in chapter 2. A lot of what we do this morning will kind of be summarized, and uh, if you want to have the whole background of it, go and read all of Luke chapter 2 and all of uh, John chapter 19, and it'll give you a full picture of where we are going to be this morning. I hope this message will help you understand how much Christ loves you and how much you mean to Him. At Family of Grace, as we strive to be a multicultural church that's breaking social and racial barriers in central Louisiana, we hope that we can connect with you and that we can help make a difference in your life and help you become all that Jesus Christ has intended for you to be. I hope this message will bless your heart. You have your Bible this morning. If you'll take it and turn to the book of John in chapter 19. <clears throat> John in 19. As we wrap up our Christmas series this morning, we'll go back and connect a few dots. We began with a sermon looking at the king in a manger. We looked at that passage of scripture out of Luke chapter 2. How Mary the virgin conceived and gave birth to a son. In Bethlehem, the shepherds came, the wise man came. We looked at how what God was up to when he became flesh, when he became the God man. And then we looked at, uh, last week we looked at the the life of Christ, how the king, not in the manger, but the king in a boat, and how the humility of Christ, the, the lowliness of Christ, how he didn't take the high, the high road to the big place, but he took the low road to the lowest place, that he might start from the bottom up and redeem from everybody from the lowest point. Today I want us to look at a sermon dealing with not a king in a manger or a king in a boat, but a king on the cross. You say, Pastor, it's Christmas. Absolutely. Absolutely it's Christmas. And you see, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't, we don't work from the cross, but to the cross. And Christmas was the beginning of the pathway to the cross. And this Christmas season, lest we miss the whole meaning of the voyage of Jesus Christ becoming flesh, Living, suffering, dying, and rising again, then we miss the whole picture. We miss the whole picture of what God is really up to. So today, if you have your Bible in John 19, let's read a couple of verses and start in verse 1. It says, Then Pilate took Jesus, and he had him flogged. And the soldiers also twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and they threw a purple robe on him. And they repeatedly came up to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, slapping him in his face. But that didn't deter Pilate because he went outside again and said to them, Look, I'm bringing this man outside to you again because I want you to know you have no grounds for what you're doing. There's no grounds for what you're up to. Because I find no fault in him. If Pilate was absolutely correct in the human realm, there were no grounds for the crucifixion in Jesus. 
But the grounds for that crucifixion had been laid out. The grounds for his crucifixion had been established long before Christmas morning in Bethlehem. For you see, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those which were lost. For you see, Isaiah had a word thousands of years before that the virgin would conceive and give birth to a son and they would call his name Emmanuel. You see, it didn't just start in Bethlehem. It started in the portal of glory when God realized that man was in need of redemption. Man was in need of a savior. And today as we begin to connect these dots, I want to go through and I want to summarize a lot of verses and I'm not going to read them all, but to really get the depth of what we're looking at this morning I would you would really need to read the whole most of the chapter of Luke chapter 2 and and then Luke John chapter 19 and any verses in between dealing with the Christmas story and then the crucifixion of Jesus but I want to share with you a couple of thoughts man that God began to rattle my chain about on this as I begin as I as I've been meditating meditating on this sermon and and preparing for it I must admit that the thing the Lord has given for, for me to give you today is a whole new directive. And, and I believe it's something different. I believe it's kind of just an observation of someone who would have been standing on the outside and watching the birth of Christ and watching the, the crucifixion of Christ. And matter of fact, I tell you who had the best seat in the house for that. It was Mary. It was Mary. Because Mary was there when... There was no Jesus. She was there when the angel came and said, Guess what, Miss Virgin? You're going to have a baby. And she's like, How can this be that I do not know a man? But God will move upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And it went from the time that there was no Jesus in her womb to there was a Jesus to she gave birth to a Jesus and the journey from birth to death to resurrection. Matter of fact, when we look at this, I began to think about the life of Jesus in a couple of different categories. In regards to earthly, the earthly dynamic, in regards to the earthly dynamic of Jesus, there was a couple of things that I wanted you to understand. And I believe Mary could really give us a perspective on this when we think about it because we know Mary was there because a little bit later in John 19, Jesus looks at her from the cross because Mary, knowing that he was the Son of God, she had been, he had been longing for the day. He had been longing for the day. She had been longing for the day that her Son would be glorified. That he would show off his power, that he would show off his majestic might and his splendor. And on that cross later in John 19, he looks down from the cross and he says, Woman, behold thy son. And he looks at John, the, John and he begins to tell him, Here's my mom. Take her and take care of her. For this hour the Son of Man came into the world on Christmas morning. It wasn't leading away from it. It wasn't a tragic end, but it was the, the beginning of all things. That Christ came into the world. In the dynamic. In the dynamic of the earthly realm. When we think about the king as a baby in the manger. When we think about the king as a baby in a manger. He was found there in the swaddling clothes. In the beginning in the earthly dynamic. The king as a baby was found in swaddling clothes. But later the king as a man. 
was found. Not only was he found as a baby in swaddling clothes, but he was found in the shroud of death, the clothes of death as a man. When he grew up as a young baby, just a few days old, just a few minutes old, they, we looked at that in that first sermon, how they stirred around and they found those swaddling clothes, which was there probably in the stable. It was there in the manger and they brought those clothes and the filthiness of those clothes and they brought them and they wrapped that little newborn baby in those swaddling clothes, placed him in that wooden box. And put on him blankets that represented life. But later when that same king, some 32 years later when he grew up to be a man, he wasn't wrapped in swaddling clothes that was found in a stable somewhere. He was wrapped in the shroud of death, the tunic of death. You see, the young baby that had been swaddled and caressed and pulled to the mother's breast was now wrapped in a, in a one-piece garment that was seamless. Which was the garment of death. It was a garment that they would place upon his body. As a baby, the king as a baby was coddled. The king as a grown man found the shroud of death. In the regards to the earthly dynamic, it even goes a little bit further because not only would the king as a baby have swaddling clothes, but the king as a man have the garment of death, the shroud of death. It goes further than that because you see, the king as a baby was born in a manger, but the king as a grown man had to bore the, he bore the cross. He had to bear the cross upon his back. The one who was born in a manger bore a cross some 30-something years later. You see, the king that was placed in the box, the food box, the box of the substance of life for the animals became the box of the substance of life for man. But I want you to know that the substance of life, the bread of life, the Lamb of God, it was placed in a manger, was destined for a cross. He was destined for a cross. Same king, just some 30 years later, his life took on a whole different appearance. In regards, not only just to the earthly dynamic, but in regards to mankind. When you think about that and you read in Matthew chapter 2, you read the story. And in Luke chapter 2, you read the story of the birth of Jesus. You realize that the king as a baby was lavished with kisses. You realize that the king as a baby was lavished with praise. You realize that the king as a baby was lavished with company. He was surrounded by shepherds. He was surrounded by royalty. He was surrounded by the educated crowd. He was surrounded by the sheep. He was surrounded by the donkeys. He was surrounded by a mom. He was surrounded by a dad. But I want you to know something today. Just a few something 30 years later. That same king that was surrounded and lavished with praise. That same king. That same king was struck by Pilate was smitten by man, was spit upon in the face. No longer was the people drawing the baby close to smell a newborn baby and kiss his soft cheeks, but they were drawing him close so that they could spit in his face. The same face that knew what it was like to draw the attention 
the same face, the same king, and knew what it was like to have praises, to have kisses, to have adoration, and to be lavished in love, knew what it was like to be lavished in pain, to knew what it was like to be lavished in embarrassment, knew what it was like to be struck and smitten and ridiculed. That same king is a baby. Had a different vantage point as the king, as a man. Matter of fact, in regards to humankind, we realize that the king is a baby. He was presented with gifts. When the wise men came, they presented him with gifts of gold, wealth, a baby. A baby receiving gold, receiving frankincense and myrrh. And we could spend time on each one of those gifts and the deep symbolic meaning that each one of them had. But what I want you to understand, that little boy, just as a, as a young baby, because we know from Scripture that the wise men did not come the same, to the same stable. We know that he wasn't the same baby in a manger as when the wise men got there. But that same young child, who was the king as a baby, the king as a child, he still received gifts from man. Only that they were not the gifts of gold, only that they were not the gifts of frankincense, only that they were not the gifts of myrrh, only that they were not the gifts of the things that brought enthusiasm, that brought excitement. For you see, the same king as a baby that received the gifts of excitement was the same king that received the robe of mockery. I love what the verse says here, that they just threw their purple robe upon him. For you see, purple was a costly garment. Purple was a sign of royalty. Purple was a sign that you had money. And they're mocking Jesus, saying, if you're the king, they just threw a purple robe on him so the mockery could be intensified. Oh, but I want you to know, that same king that found those caressing swaddling clothes, the gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh from humankind, just some 32 years later, found a different gift. He found a robe of mockery. He found a whip of affliction, which in Jesus' day would be known as the cat of nine tails, which was made up of a leather whip, and it had bones and rock and glass braided throughout that whip, so that when the lit whip came around the, the captive's body, that it would literally pull away the meat from his bones. Oh yes, I want you to know, it was a bunch of wise men gathered in Pilate's hall that day. It was saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. It wasn't the uneducated there. It was the chief priest. It was the high priest. It was the kings. It was the rulers. It was the men of influence that brought Jesus into that Pilate's hall that day. He was still surrounded by a bunch of wise men. The only difference was when the king was a baby, there was gifts of luxury. There was gifts of joy. There was gifts of praise. There was gifts of adoration. But when the king was surrounded by a bunch of wise men as a man, he was surrounded by a robe of mockery. He was surrounded by a whip of affliction. He was surrounded with a crown of thorns, a crown of torment. He was surrounded by a sponge of bitterness when the king of kings and the lord of lords the one who created everything when that king hanging on that cross 
began to be so thirsty. The one who created the dew, the one who created the rain, the one who created the rivers, the one who created the lakes and the gentle brooks and the natural springs that come up from the ground, the one who created everything about water hung there between heaven and earth, hung between holiness and wickedness. And on that cross, the one who created all the water said, I thirst. When he thirsts as a baby, Mary would pull him to her gentle breast and give him the milk and the nourishment of life to quench his hunger and to quench his thirst. But as a grown man, there was Mary still there. Oh, Mary had made her travels behind the life of Jesus. She was there when he was up. She was there when he was down. But I want you to know that same Mary and knelt down in that stable that Christmas morn. That same Mary that saw the shepherds come and pay tribute to Jesus was the same Mary that sometime later saw the wise men come to her home and bring the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That same Mary who felt like she couldn't do anything wrong. That same Mary who said, had the word proclaimed to her, Blessed are you among women. For thou, God has found favor with you. Oh yes, on Christmas morning, she felt like she couldn't do anything wrong. But on that crucifixion morning, she felt like she couldn't do anything right. For you see, that same king who received the gifts as a baby, received gifts as a man. But I'm telling you today, not on my own logic, but on the authority of God's word. They took on a whole different meaning. They felt different. They looked different. Those same gifts didn't bring joy to the room. They didn't bring a smile to the face, but they brought tears to the eyes. They brought brokenness to the heart. They brought anguish of the soul. That same king... As a baby who received those gifts, the one who created all of the waters said, I thirst. And there Mary at the foot of the cross, the one who knew how to meet his need when he was hungry, the one who knew how to meet his need when he was thirsty. There was nothing she could do but sit there and watch the wise men take a sponge and fill it with hyssop, bitter, sour. Nasty drink. And lift it up to his mouth. And place that there. For him to have a drink from that sponge. Oh, that same king who received gifts as a baby. Also received the gifts of the nails of agony in his hands. For you and I. Oh, yes. Come on, moms. Come on, dads. You remember what it was like to look at the little bitty hand of the little infant and the little child and to watch that hand grow? You remember maybe you took your child's feet and you put some ink on it and you placed them in a Bible or you placed it in a memory book and there you can go back and look at those little feet 
as they're placed in that book of memory as a child. And you can look at those little bitty hands as they're placed in that book of memory as a baby. I want you to know Mary didn't have to go back to a book of remembrance. She could remember what it was like to feel those little feet pushing at her belly. Her little hands of Jesus grappling at her finger after he was born. But unfortunately, Mary can remember what it was like to have the very Lamb of God, the very Son of God, have His arms stretched out open wide, laid upon the cross. The same arms that were snuggled about and placed in a manger. A wooden box was now stretched out open wide and nailed to a cross. Oh, that same King who knew gifts as a baby. That same king knew gifts as a man. But I'm going to tell you today, the gifts as a man was nothing like the gifts as a baby. But I'll tell you, on that cross, on that cross, he was fulfilling the plan of Christmas morning. I want you to know as you celebrate Christmas and you tear through the gifts with your family as many of you have already started today and, and maybe have already had your Christmas with your family I want you to know something I want you to know that that Christmas morning the greatest gift in all the world was so that mankind could be redeemed mankind could be set free I want you to know that Christmas morning came Looking towards Easter. He came looking towards that Friday. That the Lamb of God. The chosen one. Would lay down his life. For you and I. Today. In the earthly regards. The earthly dynamic. He understood a few similarities. In regards to humankind. He understood a few similarities. But in regards to heaven, he understood a few similarities. For you see, today, that same king is a baby. That same king is a baby had all the night sky lit up with the angels rejoicing. Yes. The angels rejoicing to the shepherds saying, For unto you is born this day in the city of Bethlehem. Oh yeah, that same king as a man knew what it was like to have to have the angels. The same angels that appeared rejoicing understood that the same angels would have to be restricted from coming to his rescue. Oh, you remember when Peter drew out his sword to let Jesus go free. Jesus said, well, put that up. I don't need you to pull your sword. At my command, there would be legions of angels that would come to my rescue. I believe one of the hardest days in heaven was when the same angels that announced his birth, when the same angels that declared, for unto you is born this day in the city of Bethlehem, a Savior which is Christ our Lord, those same angels had the hardest time not sweeping down and coming to the rescue and pulling that Savior off of the cross and taking him back to the comforts of heaven. Oh, in regards, in regards to heaven, the one who created the angels was made lower than the angels according to Hebrews. 
in regards to heaven. The king is a baby. The king is a baby. Had the stars to point the way. Had the stars to say, this is the way. Had the star to be the global positioning satellite that led the wise men to the feet of Jesus. That same king is a man knew what it was like to hang on the cross and for the sun to no longer give its light because of the agony that was going on when my sins was placed upon his back. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 that he made him who knew no sin to be sin that I might become the son of God. That same Jesus who was gentle as a sheep before his shears on that cross when my sin was placed upon his back, began to roar like a lion and say, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And the same stars that pointed the way no longer could yield their light. Oh, in regards to the heavenly dynamic, the same creation that was rejoicing when the king as a baby was born, that same creation began to groan in agony had Friday afternoon when he was crucified on the cross. Oh yes, when the sky turned black and the thunder began to roll way before Garth Brooks ever began to sing about it, I want you to know the earth began to shake and the ground began to open up. And I believe, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it was a way of the earth letting out the groan that the very Son of God had given up His life on the cross for mankind. Maybe you're sitting there at home and you're watching this on television and Christmas has already passed. You've already gone through all of that. But today, Christmas morning wants to begin in your heart right now. Right there in your living room, right there at your office, no matter where you are. All you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you was born for me. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I want to give you my heart and my life. Invite him to come live in your heart. At that place, he'll transform you. This ministry would not be possible without these partners. Looking for childcare? Visit College Camp, located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318-484-2762. Tampering Ground Coffee Shop in downtown Alexandria. If you're looking for a great place to hang out or have a break and a wonderful cup of coffee, please stop by and see Jeff and thank him for his support of our ministry. Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 
1-800-227-3754. At FCA, we're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith, lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org.